Thank you very much. You may be seated. Eternal King, enthroned in light, the heavens bow at your command. You rule the world in power and might, yet grieve the fallen state of man. Immortal flesh becoming flesh Reach out to pay the sinner's price To bear the punishment of death One pure atoning sacrifice
Amen. Praise God for what he's done for us. He is truly our great redeemer. I'm going to ask um, one of our gentlemen if they could turn those fans off back there. That would be great. Appreciate the help with that. I want you to take your Bible once again, if you would. Turn to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. Last week we began a, a short series, but a, a great series, I believe, on on who Jesus Christ is. Last week we talked about how Jesus is the great I am. The great I am. The world that we live in today, people are looking for answers. The only answer to find peace in your life is found through the great I am, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, in many of His statements that He made here in the Gospel of John, I want us to look at, speaking of Him being the I am. He answers the questions of life, of life's deepest longings. People have a longing within them. They're looking for the answers. And I believe as we, if we'll look to Christ, we'll find the answers to that longing within the human heart. The only answer that can be found that it will bring peace for everlasting is in Jesus Christ. Last week we began looking at how that Jesus, He proclaimed the fact as being the I Am, the great I Am, meaning that He is forever of eternity's past and forever in eternity's future existing. And He will always exist. He is the great I Am. He is Jehovah. He was God in the flesh. He was with us. And Jesus Christ, He presented Himself there in the Gospel of John chapter 6. We looked last week that He is the bread of life. He is the living water. There are people that are thirsting, people that are hungering, and Jesus is the only one that can quench that thirst, that can help with that hunger. And finally, know that you are at peace knowing God, knowing Jesus Christ, eating of that bread and having eternal life. Today I want us to continue with that, that thinking and that Jesus is the great I Am. And I want to talk about how Jesus here in John chapter 9, He proclaims Himself to be the light of the world. The light of the world. I want you to look here if you would, and uh, we'll read here verses, um, start with verse number 1 if you would. In John chapter 9 and verse number 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. I want to stop there for just a moment. I want you to think about what you were from birth. I'm not talking about a physical blindness either. I'm talking about a spiritual blindness. Jesus Christ walked by and saw this man. And today, I, I, it is my prayer that Jesus will speak to you today. Christ is here with us. The Lord wants to speak to your heart. He is passing by today, and we must come to a place where we acknowledge who He is, and, and if He's speaking to your heart, and answer that. Or we ignore it, we let Him walk by, and we miss that opportunity. And so before we get into this message, I just want to challenge you. Right now, we're going to have a word of prayer, and I would invite you to say, Lord, if you're speaking to my heart, I want to hear it. Lord, make it plain to me. I believe that we came together today on purpose, for a purpose. I believe that God has a message for every single one of us, and the Lord is speaking today through His Word, and, and my desire is that you hear the message that He has for you. Would you open your heart to Him? Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You for allowing us, Lord, to know You. You truly are our great Redeemer. You paid a price we could not pay. Dying on Calvary's cross because of our sin. Lord, I thank You. Thank You for being such a great Redeemer a loving, merciful God. 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Lord, I pray for those that perhaps are in darkness, Lord, that you would shine the light to them, that they would see truth. Lord, speak through me today. Allow for your message to be plain. May it be clear. Empower me, I pray, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to picture how it is in the dark and how dark it is. Now, if you're in the big city, it's hard to get to a place where it's really dark. I remember growing up in Detroit, we didn't see very many stars. I remember coming up, and we used to come up to Mesick, Michigan, and we'd go hunting. And I remember as a, as a young, young man, I mean, wasn't very old at all. I remember looking out, couldn't believe the number of stars and being able to see the Milky Way, being able to see light from which I could not even see it prior, being in a place of darkness, and yet the, the sky filled, filled uh, the, the area with light and filled your eyes and your vision with light. Kind of reminds me of a story. There was a, a boy, his name was Robert Louis Stevenson. This was years ago. He was intrigued by the work of a man that was out lighting the, the, the light posts outside down his street. Back in the day, they didn't just flip a switch or have you know, electricity. It was when they had gas lamps and they had a, a lamp lighter that would actually go down and actually light each one of the lights. Well, this young boy, he was intrigued by it. And one evening in Edinburgh, Scotland, as a young, that young Robert, he stood watching with childish fascination. And his parents heard him exclaim this. He said, look, look, there's a man out there punching holes in the darkness. Huh. You know, as we continue to examine the I am statements of Jesus, we come to his proclamation that he is the light of the world. He literally punches holes in the darkness that people in this world are in. He shines a light where there is darkness, and this world is filled with all kinds of darkness. You know, and like the man setting uh, the street lights ablaze, Jesus is setting that light ablaze, and He wants for people to see the light. He is the light of the world. The truth is, every one of us, we were born sinners. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. Nobody had to teach your kids how to sin. I know your children, and I know mine. I've got five daughters. Nobody had to teach them how to sin. They know how to do it. They learned from a very young age. I just had a brand new, brand new grandbaby and got to hold her for the very first time this past week. And I can tell you, she already knows how to sin. She cries when nothing is wrong. She's lying. I mean, even at a babe like that, a lying baby. You all know what I'm talking about. If you've had kids, nobody else teach them how. We're all born sinners. We're all born in this world, separated from God, being spiritually blind unable to comprehend the things of God. And our only hope was for one to open our eyes and deliver us from blindness. You know, Jesus encountered a man who needed his touch and he used this as an opportunity to reveal that he was in fact the light of the world. Jesus is going to heal this man. Jesus is going to do a great miracle. But we're going to see the greatest miracle that we see here is not just the physical eyes being healed, but the fact that this man, he has his spiritual eyes opened. The truth is, today there are many people that are walking in darkness. They're spiritually blind. They need a touch. They need a touch from the Master. They need a touch from the great I Am. Here this man received so much more than sight that day. You see, all who come to Christ in salvation are delivered from blindness, the blindness of sin. They're delivered and their eyes are open to the blessings and the benefits of being in Christ. 
So as we discuss the realities within our text this morning, I want to consider Jesus as the light of the world. I want to begin by looking at the predicament of the man, the position that he's in, what's going on in his life. And as we examine this passage, we first need to consider where he's at, what's going on. The first thing we see is we've already read there in verse number one that he's blind. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. He's blind. Here, Jesus, he is just a part of the temple. He wasn't very well received there. People didn't want him there. They sought to do him harm. He now passes by a man who was blind from his birth. Now, we don't know how old this man is. We don't know how long, as far as years go, that he's been blind, that he's been suffering from this. What we do know, it's from his birth, though, all the years of his life, he's been blind. Never a day did he get up and see the sunrise. Never did he see a sunset. Completely blind his entire life. Never experienced the beauties of sight that we see. The light that we see. Never seeing God's creation. Utter darkness. Utter darkness is all that he's ever known. You know, I know of no other description in the Bible that describes our situation better than the predicament this man finds himself in. While we can't relate to physical blindness, perhaps, maybe you're here today, you say, yes, I can see physically. Maybe you cannot relate to that. I can tell you this, we certainly can relate to being born spiritually blind. Do you remember before you got saved, how that you couldn't understand spiritual things? Do you remember before you got saved, how that you were in darkness? How that you were set apart from God? How that you had no peace? How that you didn't know that if you laid your head down that night, at night on that pillow, whether you'd wake up and and spend a Christless eternity in hell? An outer darkness. Darkness of sin. Not knowing the beauty of God's grace and salvation. You see, we were unable to do anything about our condition either. We stood in need of one that would open our eyes. Here we see a man. He's blind. He's blind. Secondly, notice he's a beggar. Jump down to verse number eight. It says, The neighbors, therefore, uh, and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? He's just a beggar. Those who lived around the man, they were familiar with him. They knew what this man had done. They were familiar with seeing him out there begging. Being blind, he was unable to provide for himself. He had to resort to the kindness of others. Respectfully, you could say nothing more, but that's this man, he was just a beggar. Just a beggar. You know, we may not like to admit to it, but we are all beggars prior to salvation in Christ. Our eyes were blinded. Blinded by sin. We weren't able to provide for ourselves spiritually. There's nothing we could do to fix our situation. There was nothing we could do to try to get out of that darkness. There was nothing we could do to provide for ourselves spiritually. I remember. Yes, I was young, but I remember the burden of sin. I remember the doubt, the fear. I remember, it, for me, it was a Sunday night. I remember going to bed that night. That day I had heard a preaching of the Word of God about heaven and hell. And as I laid there in that darkness, I was afraid. I was afraid that if I died that night, that I would go to hell. I knew I was a sinner. I knew my condition. I knew what I had done. I remember that burden. I remember the inability within myself to change that. 
And yet others, they recognized my need. They they knew where to find help. They pointed me to Jesus. I praise God for a godly father that knew my condition. I praise God for a godly older brother that knew my condition, that pointed me to Jesus. You see, I was simply a lost beggar in need of salvation. You know, it's been rightly said that sharing the gospel with another is simply one beggar telling another how to find bread. That's really what it is. It's one beggar telling another beggar how to find bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Here we see thirdly that he was blessed. Look at verse number one. And Jesus passed by and saw a man which was blind from his birth. But look at verse three. It says, Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The man was blind. The man was a beggar. But he was also blessed. He was blessed. You know, some might wonder how a blind man could be considered blessed but it's evident to see that when we when consider the text, we can see how he was blessed. He had been blind from birth, but one day he encountered Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ passed by. Here's the thing, though. He was unable to see Jesus Christ. He could not see with his physical eyes the Lord Jesus Christ that was passing right by him. But listen, Jesus Christ saw him. He looked at him. He was well aware of the man's condition. Jesus had compassion on him. He cared for that beggar. That beggar that was by the side of the road that people knew that had begged every day of his life. Here's a man that's out there that has nothing to offer. Nothing to give back in return. Here's a man that's blind. And yet Jesus had compassion on him. It's interesting we see these verses. You know, it's interesting when you see somebody having a hard time in life, sometimes we say, well, what did they do? How did they sin? It's kind of a side note here. We're all born sinners, no doubt about that. But here we see they're asking the question, was it this man's sin or his parents' sin? That wasn't the case at all. All of this happened so that God would be glorified. God would be glorified. You know, I'm thankful for the day that the Lord passed by me. You remember the day that he passed by you and you got saved? You remember that moment? The Lord spoke to your heart. I wasn't looking for him, but I can tell you this, he was looking for me. He was looking for me. I rejoiced that he came and he was looking for me. Like this man, my spiritual blindness was not a result of my parents' sin or even the, 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 the sin that I had committed. Like him, I was born blind. I was born dead in my trespasses and sin. I inherited the sinful nature of my father all the way back to Abraham. Excuse me, Adam. It was passed down all the way from Adam all the way down to every generation. All of us were born sinners. All of us were born with a sinful nature. And although I was sinful, I was so loved by the Lord. Even though I had sinned, He still loved me. He loved me with a love I did not deserve. He loved me with a love that's beyond my comprehension. And through salvation in Him, I was given my sight. I was given spiritual sight and was able then, because of that, glory was brought to God. God is glorified when a person is saved, when a person's eyes are opened spiritually and they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. God is glorified. 
We talk about a great miracle, this man having his blindness taken from him, being healed of blindness. And I can tell you today that the greatest miracle of all is not physical blindness being removed. It is spiritual blindness being removed. It is when a Christian comes to know, a person comes to know Christ as their personal Savior and they are born again. That's the greatest miracle that could ever take place. You know, all the sins that I did before I got saved, none would consider gross sin. I was young. I was just a child. But it was sin nonetheless. Sin. Just one sin will separate us from God. The truth is, every one of us are sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. And I can say this today, that I'm a sinner that's been saved by God's grace. I'm just a sinner that God has saved. And if God can save me, God can save you. God can save anyone. And God loves you. Here we see the situation, the predicament of this man. Secondly, I want you to notice with me the power of the master. The power of the master. We see the power of Jesus here. Look at verse number 3. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The first thing I want you to notice here is sovereignty. He is sovereign. Jesus knew why he came to earth. He knew exactly what his purpose was. He came to redeem fallen humanity. He came to die for you. He came to pay your sin debt, my sin debt. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. And I can tell you, that's every single one of us before Christ. He sought you. He paid a price for you. He shed His precious blood on Calvary's cross for you. And He is sovereign. He knows everything. He knows every sin I would ever commit. He knows every thought that I would ever have. He knows every sin that every person that's ever lived on the face of this earth would sin, would do, what thought they would have, what act they would do. He knew how they would treat Him there at Calvary. He knew of the beatings that He would have to endure. He knew of the nails, the crown of thorns. And He did all of that Knowing full well the price, the price that he would pay, he did that because of his love for us. That's why he came. He came to provide atonement, he came to shed his blood, to be the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He came to reconcile, to bring us back into a right relationship with God. Sin separates us from God. The blood of Jesus Christ, the the, the payment that was made there, that sacrifice that was made there on Calvary's cross was made that we might be reconciled back to God, brought back into a right relationship with Him. His works of grace and power in the life of this man also and others like him would reveal His deity that day as well. He healed this man physically. He came to reveal himself as the Christ. He was showing in the sovereignty of being able to heal this man, the power that he had, and that he was all-knowing and knowing what this man had done. He knew that that man would be there as he walked outside the temple that day. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he did this miracle to reveal who he was. He was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior of mankind. 
Secondly, I want you to notice here, look at verse number five. Notice what it says. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We see his sufficiency here. His sufficiency. Jesus revealed here that he is the light of the world. He came to shine light within the darkness of sin, revealing the lost condition of men and drawing them to the light. He came to break the bondage of the darkness of sin through deliverance and salvation. And listen, He is able to bring light to the blind man and to the entire world. Jesus was the light of the world. That world that needed light. The world that needed to see the light. Oh, we live in a dark world today. People are living in darkness. People that need to see the light. Jesus is the light. I like that song as a kid who used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light, it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ in us. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And He is in us. And He shines His light through us. You see, His power cannot be diminished over the years. He still shines His light as bright today as He did then. His light is still shining today. He continues to deliver for people from the darkness of sin into the glorious light of salvation. I praise God for the souls that were saved this past month here in Ludington, Michigan. I praise God that the power of the light of Jesus Christ is still alive and well today. The power of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I praise God for those who came to know Him. I praise the Lord those that are wanting to follow Him as the light of their life. Praise God for salvation. You see, Jesus fully satisfied the righteous demands of God the Father. He sacrificially gave Himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Paying our sin debt. By the way, He alone had the power to do that. He alone had the power to redeem and reconcile unto God. He alone. Why? Because He was sinless. He was perfect. He was tempted in all points as we are and was yet without sin. None of us are perfect. None of us are holy, but Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ was absolute perfection. Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross, not dying for His own sin, but dying for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. Notice, if you would, look at verse number 6 and 7. Notice his ability. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of a spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is be interpreted sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came, seeing. Now can you imagine there, Jesus, as he anoints the eyes of this blind man, he commands him to go to the pool to wash. And as that blind man responds, what does he do? He responds in obedient faith. He does exactly what Jesus said to do. He did exactly what Jesus commanded. And as a result, what happens? He receives sight. His blindness was no match for the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was more powerful than that blindness in his life. On that day, he received sight for the very first time. Can you imagine opening your eyes up for the first time and being able to see the beautiful creation that God has created? And that day, blindness would have been impossible to cure. And that day, people that were born blind would never get their sight back. But what is impossible with men is possible with God. 
When man says it's impossible, all things are possible with God. The power of our Lord continues to touch and transform lives today. I have seen the power of God. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the lives of people that were in blindness, that were in darkness, that were lost and undone and on their way to hell. And I've seen how the Holy Spirit of God spoke to their heart as the Word of God was shared with them. How they came to the place of understanding, perhaps for the first time in their life, that they are sinners in need of a Savior. And then realizing that God loves them. That God sent His Son to die for them. And they believe that Jesus died for them on Calvary's cross. Believe that He paid their sin debt. And by faith, they trust in Him. The fact that He died for them. And then also believing that He rose from the dead. I have seen the power of God transform them, save them through the greatest miracle that could ever be done and opening up their eyes spiritually. And they're born again. They're a child of God. What's impossible with men is possible with God. It's impossible for a man to save himself. It's impossible for us to be perfect. It's impossible for a man to keep all the law. We can't. There's none righteous, no, not one. But Jesus kept all the law. Jesus Christ did what we could not do for ourselves. He paid our sin debt. And I praise God that he has the ability to save even the vilest of sinners. He'll save you today. You might say, I'm not a vile sinner. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All it takes is one sin to be a sinner. He'll save you today. Save you from what? The penalty of sin. For the wages of sin is death. Death. Separation from God eternally in a place called hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has paid the ultimate price for that gift that He offers to you today. I paid it for you, he says. Just simply take it. It's everlasting life. Listen, he has the power to redeem, to redeem you, to set you free. I rejoice for the ability of our Lord to heal, to redeem, and to grant eternal life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <clears throat> That's eternity. Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved and on your way to heaven. I'm so thankful for his ability. I want you to know thirdly and lastly here this morning, we see the profession for the master. The profession for the master. Following his healing, the blind man, he professed Christ to others. Look there if you would. Look at verse number 8. Notice the curiosity. The neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that, was, that he was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? All right, it's simple. We see what's going on here. After this man is healed from his blindness, being able to see, the neighbors start talking. They're like, What is, look at what's happening. What, is that the man that was there begging? Is he the one that was blind? And some said, Yeah, that's him right there. Some says, I don't know. He kind of looks like him. What happens next? The man that was blind says, It's I, it's me. He is letting them know. Here they are curious about it, but we see that, that they, there's, a, there's a change that's taking place in his life that's an immediate change. He was blind, and now he sees. They are seeing this, and they're curious about it. By the way, when a person gets saved, there is going to be a change in their life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
When somebody comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, it's going to change you. I heard a great illustration years ago is that you can't come in contact with 220 volts of uh, power and grab onto it and not have an impact on you. And I can attest to that. I have seen it happen. I know what it does. Praise the Lord, it didn't end me. (laughs) I was able to get away from it and let go of it. But I can tell you, listen, you can't come in contact with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and it not have an impact on you. He will change you. He will transform you. He will make you a new creature, a new person. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Here's this man that was blind, but now he sees. I once was blind, but now I see. You want to talk about the simplest form of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There it is for you. A simple way. A man that has a change in his life that is obvious, people are curious about, and he shares with them what the Lord Jesus Christ did for him. Look what he said there. Look at the identity. Look at verse 11. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Here the man, I mean, he is quick to tell who it was that did it. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. He took clay and He healed my eyes. He offered praise and recognition to the Lord for the miracle that He had received. Listen, we must have the courage and commitment to share what the Lord has done in our life as well. Who are you sharing it with? What change has taken place in your life that people see? Do people see that we're a child of God? Do people see the light of Jesus Christ in us? Do they see the love of God in us? Now, there might be some that never ask, but many do. Many are curious. If there's a change, people are going to notice. People are going to see it. Those who knew the life that we lived prior to salvation, they're going to wonder how our lives have changed so dramatically. By the way, they ought to change. There ought to be a change. There ought to be a change. If you've really come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, there ought to be a difference. There ought to be a transformation that takes place in your life. And your personal testimony of salvation is the greatest evangelistic tool that you have. Who have you shared it with this week? Share with others what Christ has done for you. Give God the glory for what He's done in your life. Share with them so they can have their eyes opened. So they can be healed. And I can say this, if Jesus was willing and able to do that for you, they, then, then listen now, then they, they need to understand that He is wanting to do it for them as well. Share with them how they can be saved. Thirdly, notice there in the second part of verse number 11, He says, and I went and washed and I received sight. The certainty we see. I went and washed and received sight. It was undeniable the man had received a great miracle. He responded in obedient faith and the Lord provided his sight. The man knew he was able to see and it was evident for others as well. The Lord touched him. His eyes are now open. This man, listen, nobody could argue with what took place in his life. It was something that was absolute. Nobody could argue with it. The man had been touched and he was healed. You know, I have no doubt that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. I was blind spiritually. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. That's exactly what the Bible says. I was born a sinner. 
I could not do for myself what the Lord did for me. I could not heal myself. I could not pull myself up out of the miry clay. I could not pull myself up from being a sinner and try not to be a sinner because once you've sinned, you're a sinner. All it takes is one. I could not cleanse my own self. I was nothing more than a sinner. Like I said, at the 10 o'clock hour, my best works were as filthy rags in God's sight. I was blind. I was blinded by sin. I was unable to bring about healing to myself. But at the moment I received salvation, my eyes were opened and the grace of the Lord filled my inner being. I was born again. I was made alive spiritually. I know what happened because I was there when it happened. I know what He did for me. I know what happened that night. Jesus Christ, He touched me. He saved me. I've been born again. And I am certain of my salvation. I'm secure in Christ, my Lord. Let me ask you, where are you at today spiritually? Where are you at? Have your blinded eyes been opened through the power and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Saved from the penalty of sin? The penalty of sin being death and separation from God eternally in hell. Can you look back to that moment in time when you were saved? This blind man could look back to a specific moment in time when Jesus came to him and touched him. Can you look back to a specific moment in time when Jesus spoke to your heart You were convicted of your sin. The Word of God spoke to your heart. You knew that you had sinned. The Holy Spirit of God brought conviction and you knew that you needed a Savior. You were spiritually blind. But God spoke to your heart and you trusted in Jesus Christ and you had just a simple faith and obedience to what Christ had commanded in His Word. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you prayed, believing that Christ died for you, that He rose again and He saved you. Can you look to a time in your life when you saw the light, when you saw Jesus Christ and He opened your eyes? You see, apart from Him, you'll continue to wander in darkness. Apart from Him, you'll continue being separated from God. And right now, Jesus is passing by you. He is speaking to your heart. And he loves you. He wants for you today to be healed. He wants for you today to trust in Him as your personal Savior. He wants for you today to have your eyes opened. To be able to see God. To be able to know Him as your Father. To be able to have a personal relationship with Him. To know your sins are forgiven. To know that you're on your way to heaven. To have peace that passes all understanding. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. Is God speaking to your heart this morning? Is He knocking on your heart's door?